Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. I'm Adam Walker, and I'm joined today by a guest host that you met last week, Kashi. Hi, it's Kashi Siegel. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. We've got a good show coming up. Uh, a couple things I want to mention before we start, though. Uh, we are recording at Prototype Prime and very thankful for the podcast booth here. Really enjoy using it. Also, there is uh, an interesting event coming up for nonprofits on July the 27th called Impact Lab. If you're a nonprofit or know somebody that runs one, needs some digital marketing help, it's a free event as long as you sign up before July the 21st. So go to 48in48.org forward slash impact dash lab, and you can get some information about that. In this episode, because that's what you're here to listen to, we're going to talk a little bit about Uber. They've done some interesting stuff. We're also going to talk about a drone fight club, where I will continually be ridiculed for not having watched the real fight club, though I've got some stories about that. <laughs> we're also going to talk about a Bluetooth fidget spinner, because I know everyone cares about that, and uh, some interesting things that Google is doing. And lastly, we're going to talk about if you're not a minimalist and you need to store your stuff, there is a tech startup or several tech startups that want to help you with that act. So uh, to start with, uh, let's start talking about Uber. They had a good week, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, they're all of a sudden offering drivers um, the ability to accept tips. Yeah. And um, this is st strategically timed with um, the CEOs leaving, I think. Yeah, I think the article called it uh, Shakespearean. And like he, oh, yeah, they did. I think, yeah. And I think he actually resigned like hours after they made this announcement, which he had, he had been fighting, right? Which is just right. funny in and of itself. Uh, so how, tell me, how do you feel about this personally? Um, I hate to say this, but I use Lyft. That's not a bad thing and at all. I think I probably should be yeah, using Lyft. Right, yeah, right. And I have been tipping drivers for a long time. So, so no to me, deal. it doesn't really matter. But the article made mention of how millennials might have an issue with this because they like not having to tip and right. that whole like not having it be confusing. It's not really confusing. You can just, just select the amount, you know, Don't. or percentage yeah. and like there's no cash involved. Yeah. It's just a... It's just an afterthought, no big deal. Yeah. See, for me, the, the few times that I have used Uber in the past, one of the things that was kind of bugged me about it is I, I kind of knew the driver sort of wanted a tip. And like one or two of them even sort of casually mentioned it, but you have really? to give them cash. And I don't have cash. I don't, who carries cash, right? Yeah, and no. so I, I had no way to give them a tip. So I actually would have enjoyed, I think at that time, a way to give them a tip afterwards because there are some Uber drivers I've had that were really great. I'd love to tip and others maybe not so much. On the other hand... You do feel like you have to tip. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder, I would, I'm sure there are articles about this, but I'd love to know um, when they find out they got their tip. Right. And when they rate you. <laughs> right. Because if they if they rate you after they find out they got the right. tip, they're going to rate right. you lower. Or like, did you give a 15% tip or a 20% tip? Right. You know? So. Right. Yeah. It'd be that's, good to know. It'll be interesting uh, to find out how that how this pans out. I think it's going to be good for the drivers, though. I mean, you know, Uber claims that drivers make a, a decent living, but I'm not entirely sure that's true. So I think this will help. Right. I'm, I'm listening to the drivers on that one. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, so the other thing about Uber, and, and this is sort of more Uber-related, there's a startup that is helping uh, Uber drivers sell random stuff in their cars or and even give away random stuff in their cars, fascinating, interestingly, right. to help them make more money. Well, you're a captive audience. Right. And 
So why not? It's a great idea. Yeah. If you, you need can, a, some gum, Yeah, it's gum. Right there. They've got USB cables. Yep. They talk about how they'll have everything you need for a hangover, <laughs> um, which I don't know if you're hungover yet. Um, right. You're preparing you're back, for it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Do you buy that on the way to the place or right. on the way from the place yeah, is the I question. Know. I don't know. Okay. Um, they're going to have all kinds of things in the back. Yeah. I mean, and what was really fascinating is – there are several items, and, and they're partnering with big companies to provide these items. And there's several items that were that are just completely free, but the drivers apparently make money even on the free items, which right. in and of itself. So one of the things I saw was, did I see like Rice Krispie treats yeah. were free? Um, Rice Krispie treats are free. Emergency Stain Rescue is free. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, some emergency stain rescue packs. Like, I'll just pocket those and put them in my backpack. I got kids. Absolutely. Like, that'd, be, that'd be great. Do you have like 50 of those? That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you Altoids? Altoids for $1.99. But so it's pretty cheap. Yeah. But so drivers, they say, make about 100 bucks a month. Um, right. Just for having this in the back and yeah, people and there's no cost. Using it. There's no cost to the drivers right. for it at all. Exactly, and they give preference to Uber drivers. Yep, um, which is interesting, but it's not like you can't use it if you're a Lyft driver. I mean, right. A lot of people drive for both, so right. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Speaking of driving for both, there was one time in Boston where I called an Uber and I got picked up by a cab. What? And I was like, wait, you're a cab and you're an Uber driver? Wow. He's like, hey, look, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> and oh, so my God. He we, picked you up in his cab. It, it, he was in the, he was at, in, on active duty in the cab and picked us up as an Uber driver. And we just drove there, got out. No big, I'm sure that is completely against the rules for, for both Uber and the cab company. But like, what it happened. In so many ways. Yeah. I'm sure Uber actually really doesn't care. Uh, it, they, they probably don't. They're, as long as they're making money, they're okay. So, uh, so moving uh, – uh, Away from one embattled company, uh, let's talk about physical battles. So I love this. there is a drone fight club that uh, pits two drone quadcopters against one another in an aerial battle. And whichever one gets knocked out of the air three times or gets knocked out of the air and cannot fly again, uh, loses. This is amazing. It's like, it's, it's nerdy cool. It's nerd Fight Club. This is like this is great. Yeah, it's I love it's, it, and it's making you know what I love about it is it's also making science cool, right? And like robotics. I mean, there've been robotics competitions for kids for a long time, but right. but not stuff know, where you break things and you get to fly things, yeah. and you know you can see what it's doing with the right. video, and um, I just love the way this article was written too. I mean, some of the two like, drones go in, one comes out. That's the opening line. That's a good article. That's a good way to do it right there. That's right. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, you know, like <laughs> that oh sort of gosh. approach. So now this is great. And it, 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 it's opening up a whole nother area of sports. I mean, drone racing is becoming a big thing. Uh, this has the potential to become a big thing. I mean, I think we're going to see the rise of these types of sports in a major way uh, moving on to the future. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really amazing. Yeah, you know, the other side of it, though, is all the legislation around how you can use drones. Right. And um, I think California, I'm looking here, it says a person shall not weaponize a remote piloted aircraft. Yeah, this would, this would break that rule for sure. Yeah, so yeah. they're trying to figure out exceptions to sport. Right. Um, I mean, Drones have been in the news a lot lately, even for the fires that they're trying to fight out west that right. they're getting in the way of. You know, you can't fly a helicopter or a plane if you think you're going to run into a drone and, like, you know. Right. Get caught up in the rotors or something. Rotors. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot to think about, but. 
I think there's definitely a future. I mean, there are firefighters actually using drones too. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it just there's, I mean, we've, we've reported on stories of drones that are delivering blood to remote mm-hmm. areas and things like that. That my favorite line, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. My favorite line in this article was uh, from the CEO of the aerial sports league, which I did not know was a thing. And the CEO says, we have found that it is drone. Uh, sorry. Let me, let me try that again. What we found is that drone violence is actually a way to trick kids into the interest of science and tech. So yeah. <laughs> there's just something this. about the, the combination of violence, tricking kids, and an interest in science and tech in that. Th- and in it's that called th- drone dueling. <laughs> I mean, how dueling. cool is that? It is awesome. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So speaking of uh, Fight Club. Wait, I have to say. Okay, go ahead. So like ESPN is picking things up like this, like yeah. they're showing this. I mean, I, there's like ESPN eight now or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's so a, I, it's that a makes minor sense. ESPN network, right? But I can't believe that this is actually making. It's a thing. TV. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, and it's it's going to increasingly become a more and more real thing. I mean, I think this this really could be drone racing, drone fights, all this really could be the next generation sort of NASCAR. I mean, if you think about it, like that's I mean, NASCAR is sort of the natural evolution of the of the car. I mean, you're trying to push it to its limits in a major way, and it's got a major following. It's the same thing with drone technology. We're trying to push it to its limits uh, in a in a fascinating and interesting way. Uh, same type of idea. So yeah, they say it's the coolest sport you've never heard of. <laughs> that's right, and I think it probably I agree. is. So speaking of uh, Fight Club, so I, yeah. I, I need to I need to give a shout out to one of our listeners. So I, I did confess to the embarrassing thing of not having seen Fight Club right. uh, last episode. And one of our listeners sent me a DVD of Fight Club oh uh, as a response, which is amazing. So I, I've not gotten a chance to watch it yet. I'm putting it on my priority list for, for the next two weeks before the next episode. You've got to do it before Sanjay gets it's, back. It's, I do. He's going to really ridicule me yes. harshly if I do not. Yes. And you don't want a, a harsh Sanjay ridiculing. That's just not a good thing. I can't. That's not a good thing. I can't imagine him actually doing that, but <laughs> but, it, but it would be a really bad thing. So speaking of ridiculing, uh, let's talk about this Bluetooth fidget spinner, because I know you desperately want a $50 Bluetooth fidget, fidget spinner, um, right? I used a fidget spinner for the first time ever. Yeah? Uh, this past weekend, on right. 4th of July. On the 4th of July, you on were introduced the to July. the infamous fidget spinner. Um, I could not put it down. <laughs> it I don't understand it. I do not understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I find uh, that when I find when there's one when, when one of my kids has left one on my desk. So for those listeners that do not know, I do have five children. Uh, of those five children, four of them are old enough to own fidget spinners, and they own multiple ones because that's just what they do. And so I'll find I found one on my desk yesterday while I was on a conference call and. I, I've got to have something else during a conference call. Like, and, and it doesn't need to be checking email. Like it's got, but I've got to be, I've got to have an outlet, you know, doodling yeah. or something. So I was playing with their fidget spinner during the conference call, which was, I, I guess, childish, but it worked out well. But this article, it's funny because it says um, that if you're sitting in the back of class and nobody sees you do your cool trick, you can still right. prove that you did it <laughs> because right. it'll track all your movements. It'll I'm track like, your, really? sick, your sick fidget spinner tricks. <laughs> it's like, so basically this is a Bluetooth fidget spinner where it, it's it's like Fitbit for your fidget spinner. <laughs> like it did X number of rotations in X amount of time at this speed. And like, I mean, it, it's really, I mean, like props to this company for trying to get on the bandwagon for something that's really taking off and is a little silly, but it's going to deliver in September. I think by September, hopefully the fidget spinner fad will be gone, much like the slap bracelet fad of the 80s. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, I I mean, it it says it can track your speed a number of spins and tell you how cool you are. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't want that? Listen, I think there's an inversely proportional relationship to the kid that has to have the fidget spinner app tell them how cool they are to how cool they actually are. I'm just 
Is this the same about. kid racing drones? This might be the same kid racing drones. And there's a coolness factor in there, but maybe not the one the that we would If you have the Bluetooth fidget spinner, you're the cool kid. Well, if you're racing drones and you have Bluetooth fidget spinner, you're also the rich kid at that point, I think, too. Fair point. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So speaking of rich kids, Google. <laughs> wow. That was a good transition. <laughs> Wasn't that great? That's really I good. try to really just, you know, flow with it here. Uh, Google has <laughs> unveiled an AI investment fund. And they're, this is such a good idea. This is so great. And their first investment is this is a fascinating startup called Algorithmia. So of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> well, of course it's got to be. It's for algorithms. So, so let's talk about the AI investment fund first, and then let's okay. talk a little bit about Algorithmia. So so what what are your thoughts on the AI investment fund? So basically, Google is investing in as much AI intelligence as it possibly can, right. And having other people create this intelligence so that they don't have to do it, right. Um, it's a great idea because they can't be the smartest people every time. Correct. Um, they are capable, since they're the rich kids, they are capable of buying it. Yeah, and so As is Microsoft, as is Amazon and everybody else that's already doing it. Right. Um, I think IBM as well. Sure. Well, they've had Watson for a while. I don't know if that Right, but they've got an AI, um, totally no, AI got a fund. component, AI right. fund for startups that's yeah. layered on top of Watson technology. Right. Um, so it's really interesting. I mean, so you can create a piece of code, right? Um, AI code, and every time somebody uses it, you get paid, right? And um, all these companies that think AI is their, you know, future, and um, you know, don't have the resources by which to code it themselves, or right? You know, I don't know, or want to pay for it, or whatever else. Right. I mean, why rebuild something that's already been built? So yeah, you could just stick in a piece of code and have it work. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that's right. what Algorithmia is, right? So so Algorithmia is the first investment from this fund, and it is a marketplace for algorithms. Mm -hmm. So it's got, I mean, it's got algorithms, for example, like uh, one of the algorithms I thought, saw was face recognition. One of them was to like detect nudity. And when you start thinking about these things, like if you're building an app and this app is going to be a photo upload, so maybe it's a competitor to Instagram or something like that, like you've got to have something that detects nudity mm -hmm. to eliminate those out. You've got to have the algorithm. So you either have to build it or you have to go buy it. And why right. not go buy it from a reputable vendor that's that's selling it on the open market? You don't have why reinvent the wheel? They call it Etsy for algorithms. Etsy for algorithms. Yeah, that's it's cute. cute. It's very cute. cute. I love it when startups call themselves like I'm the Uber for this and I'm the right. you know what it's their Etsy for algorithms, which is actually probably a better description and at least Etsy's not like, you know, the hot the hot thing right now. So I kind of can respect that a little bit. So. Yeah. But I, I do think this is a great idea and um you know, it gives everybody a chance to be involved and you get to make a little bit of money. Yeah. You can write some code that you think will be useful to somebody. Right. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, companies like Facebook could use this technology to screen. You know, they're having all these issues about um, finding the terrorist yep. posts and right. it's been all over the news. This is the kind of technology that could scrape every post exactly and look for words or images or whatever or patterns or whatever patterns. else exactly yeah so I, I think there's a lot of application I'm, I'm impressed by it I'm, I'm really fascinated by it and I think um, I'm hoping I can find a way to like buy, my, buy an algorithm and use it somehow I don't know how but I'll build something and have to go buy an algorithm just for fun so maybe in a fidget spinner so and if I'm going to build an algorithm for a fidget spinner it's going to be great it's, gonna, it's to measure your coolness factor I need to know how cool I actually am yeah so and other than being judged by how many listeners are listening to this podcast right, so exactly um, all right. So uh, another Google story. This is great. So Google, and this might come as a terrifying headline to some of you, 
and, and maybe possibly a happy one for others. So Google will stop reading your email to target ads. Yeah, that's because they already you, have all the data they could possibly need on you. They know so much already that they don't that even they need don't it. actually even need to read your email. So, so there are there's 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 a percentage of listeners right now that just went, "Holy crap, Google's reading my email to target ads." So that that's a yes, they are and have been for a very long time. Unless you're a Google Apps user. Unless you're paying for Google Apps. Right. In in which case they're not reading your email to target your ads right. because they're monetized. Because again, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, which is, you right. know, Sunday's little mantra there. And right. it's absolutely true right. with free Gmail. So, uh, so, but yeah, to your point, they've got enough data. They know enough about you in every other sphere. They don't need your email information anymore right. to target ads. They know what videos you're watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They know what you're uploading to your um, Google photos. Right. Um, I mean, Literally everything you touch is connected to Google. I mean, yep. they, they've got your search history. Yeah, they've got everything. So, you know, what do they need your email for? They don't, they apparently do not need they it. They don't need any your own longer. words. They no. don't, so, so don't, you don't even have to email if you want something for Christmas. You don't have to email, I want this to yourself any longer to get no. ads about it. It's, Just it's look great. it up on Google and then they'll send you an ad for it. I mean, they're going to still send you ads. Oh, for Those sure. Those aren't going away. Highly targeted ads. Highly targeted. Highly targeted. Scarily targeted ads. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's uh, that was fascinating to me. They're just going to start brain mapping at some point. <laughs> I'm sure they've already started. I'm sure that's in a fun somewhere. They're going to know about. They're going to know more about you than you know about yourself, and they may already they already know do. more about you than yeah. you do about yourself. So, so this this next story is fascinating to me. I I will confess. Um, I recently made the mistake of watching the minimalist documentary on Netflix which has me in this uh, somewhat of a tizzy of getting rid of a lot of stuff because uh, I have more stuff than I need, clearly, and uh, I want less of it in my life so that I have less clutter. But there is a, a, a startup out there or several startups out there that also want you to have less clutter, but they want to do it with the, the whole storage thing. Right. And so, you know, traditionally... They want you to pay them for... Well, of course, clutter. yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's going to cost you money to keep your... Um, Precious goods. We'll call them precious goods. That's great. Yeah. So uh, to keep your precious goods, it's going to cost you money. And it basically, it, it's fascinating. I mean, they'll come and haul it away. Uh, some of them will categorize all the items. Mm-hmm. And then you can like you can pull up the app, I assume, and say, oh, I want this. And then they'll just bring it back to you. Right. And I'm sure it's going to cost you a fortune. But there's a lot of people out there that want their stuff, and they want access to it, and they will pay that fortune. Yeah, that's great. I mean, then it kind of keeps it on top of mind yeah. in terms of what's in the storage container. And and then you can actually use it in a different way. That's it's not true. just like shoving everything that you know you are going to want one day, but you don't need to look at. Right. I mean, now it's like actually maybe you treat it like you do your basement. Or yeah. You just go down and get it, except you, you plan ahead. Yeah. I know I need like, that cooler this summer. Bring me the cooler. Right. Or the or the grill. What you know? So what's what's really fascinating for me to think about in this ter- in terms of this is like the way we normally think of storage, we think of like little units, right? And, and, and these units are just packed to the brim with stuff. and But they can't do that. So they've got to be taking your stuff and like storing it in some massive like open warehouse or something right. where it's like all categorized, but they can get to the items See, the easily. problem I have with this though is if I just want to show up and get my stuff. Probably can't. I, no, you can't. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. The other issue is you know, if you're barcoding every item, right? And you know, first of all, you better not, you better not be storing anything embarrassing because right. they're going to know everything. They're going to know everything, every content yep. of your um, boxes. Um, but also, does this make it more easy for like 
hacking and like tech burglarizing. I think it has to. I mean, like, like, or, or like, or even think you of could a, hack the storage unit to find out what's in it. Or even simpler than that, you could pick up your friend's phone, well, yeah. look through their app, and be like, "I want this, and I want this, <laughs> and I want that." Deliver it, you know. <laughs> Deliver it. Oh, it's arriving tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, great. great! I'll be at the front door. I'll be at the front, and like, and, and maybe that's more of like a prank scenario, right? Yeah. But I mean, still, like, it, it begs the question: Is this a problem? Could this be a problem? You know, right. which is interesting. And like, could you? Um, have them pick up from multiple addresses to store in the same place as... Oh, yeah, as a, that's a question, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, so then you could have all kinds of random things being stored. Right. And what's the condition of these facilities? Yeah, you don't know. Are they air-conditioned? Are they well-maintained? Are people... Is, is there a Are a there bed rodents that, everywhere? Yeah. Is it... I mean... Are you storing a bed in there that some employee's taking a nap on? Like, right. I don't know. Like, you don't know. Right. Or a couch or, or whatever. You have, you have no idea. So it's it's interesting. I, I think for me, I'm going to stick with the minimalist approach, and I'm just going to keep getting rid of stuff. So that that way, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, That's don't my, be a hoarder. Speaking of, uh, so I'll, I'll keep I'll keep segueing. So like speaking it. of getting rid of stuff, you it's time for the the segment of our show that everyone I think probably likes the most, which is the app recommendation section because everybody loves a new app and a new shiny app to play with. They're all excited about it. So you've got one that is pretty cool that you're looking at, right? I'm looking at. I, I saw this and I. Just I'm fascinated by it. So it's, I have signed up for an account this morning. It's called Trim. Okay. And it has a very cute picture of a robot. So right. we're still we're entering robotics and AI there you go. and all these things. But apparently it will um, help you trim the, the financial fat, essentially, right. out of your life. So right. you can get an itemized list of all the subscriptions. Obviously, you have to sync your credit cards and bank yep. account, which everybody's okay with at sure. this, this point. Sure. Um, and then it'll look for anything that's subscription-based and it'll send you a text message or it'll connect to your Facebook Messenger. Right. And it'll send you a list of all your subscriptions and then you can just text back the one you want to cancel and they'll cancel it for you. Right. Or just like if you bought something on Amazon and the price lowers, um, they'll try to find you like a cost reduction, like get you some money back. Right. Um, I mean, I'm just scraping the surface with this. I yeah, obviously like, am not using it yet, but I think it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, or here on the, the homepage, like uh, they, they try to lower your Comcast bills. So like they, right. it says Which they, everyone they, needs. They, right? Yeah, they try to they try to to get you credits when there's an outage. So if there's an outage, like you let them know, and they try to get you some money back on your on your bill. Right. Which is fascinating. I mean, it's like outsourcing all the headaches that you never ever want to deal with. That's right. That you would love to. I mean. If the price lowers, you want to know that you could return it and like buy it again and yeah, save some money. Absolutely. But are you really going to do that? No. Not often. Sometimes though, my wife did that at Costco recently. So every once in a while, you'll do every it. Every once in a while, you know, like bigger ticket items. Right. But you know, you don't really have the time to do that day to day, and this will do it for you. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to sign up and give it a shot as well. I, I've totally. I've got a couple of little subscription apps like this, especially ones that actually like text message back and forth mm -hmm. with you. Uh, so like I use one, I think called called Digit to, that like does the same thing. It syncs with your bank account and it actually saves money for you automatically. Right. And then lets you know every day like you have this much in your bank account. You have this much. You want to see a recent transaction. I can text it back. Yeah, I want to see the recent transactions and go through. It's it's great. I really enjoy using it. It's simple. It's clean. It works great. Totally. So I'm looking forward to checking this out as well. So uh, recently, uh, I went on a trip to London uh, for the nonprofit. The pictures that, looked uh, amazing. They were great. They I were was some. So it was a really good trip. Good pictures. Good weather. And so I, I help. Uh, I help with a nonprofit that I co-founded. Forty and forty eight. Uh, long story there so is that we build forty eight websites for forty eight nonprofits in forty eight hours and 
right, right now in four cities and next year it'll be six cities, one of which will be London. I'm so totally volunteering in London, by the you, way. You absolutely should volunteer in London. It's going to be amazing and very, uh, I don't know, just enjoyable, I guess. I, it's good. I don't know. It's going to be awesome. So the British when version. I was, <laughs> the British are fun. So when I was there on the trip, uh, my co-founder Jeff showed me this Google Trips app. And so what's, what's, so what's crazy is, uh, you open up this app and so I book, you know, we book everything and everything comes into my G suite, my, my Gmail stuff, which is actually my work mail. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. Google accounts and it comes in. And so like the, the flight confirmation comes in and the hotel reservations come in and all that stuff. So if you open up the Google trips app, it has all of your reservations that came into your email already there in the app because, because they're scraping that information anyway. Of course. So they already know that you're going. Well, they're they not you're reading staying. your email anymore. So well, what they're are they gonna do? not for ads, <laughs> but they're reading it for this stuff, you right. know? And, and so it scraped all that information and brought it together. And, and so I can click on my reservations, you know, a little tile there and get all the reservation information. And then I so can it's go all in one place, which makes it so all easy. in one place. And then I can go, uh, and this is where it gets really cool. And I can, I can, find favorite places or like places that are interesting. And so I scroll through all the places and it's got filtering criteria and then I can star all the ones I want to go to. So Mm -hmm. I did that. And then you can go into this other section of the app where you can see all the places you starred on a map. And so I'm like, oh, cool. There's a map and whatever else. It gets even cooler. So then there's like this little icon you can hit and it will auto create a route. Yep. For you to go to all those places and tell you how long it will take you. It's like they're using the Google Glass technology that they developed, you know, where you could see like things popped up. Yeah. Like the it's, AI and the VR that they were using, yeah. that things like popped up on your route. Yeah, it's exactly. the same kind of thing. Same like, idea. Yeah, it's so it's so great. And so I was able to use it and was able to tour around because we had really had one day to tour around because we got there on a, a Sunday morning, and so uh, so we just blitzed and went everywhere that day. Yeah. And so, but we planned the trip just on the fly, really really quick with Google uh, Google Trips, which was just fascinating it's to so me. So good. So if you're if you're traveling at all, or honestly. It's probably worth even doing in your home city because I bet there's stuff in Atlanta that you and I have probably never done and other people have never absolutely. done. Absolutely, it's worth checking out. I bet it's amazing for a road trip. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, absolutely. Because then you're you're already traveling past all kinds of cool stuff. So right. why not? Just and you stop just don't know what you no you're idea. passing. Yeah, we passed the 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 world's biggest olive right outside Sonoma, and we had to pass it, and, or we had to stop and uh, check it out. The, and how big was the world's biggest olive? I, I don't know how big, but it was pretty large, and it was not real. I was sad about that. <laughs> I wanted it to be real. Was it Was it, Was it? it uh, molded after one that was real, possibly? Yeah, I, I mean, it was like a green olive. Okay. So was it like watermelon size, or, I mean, like, give me, no, give me some context here. it was like uh, the size of a billboard. What? Like just hanging out on the side of a an olive um, olive orchard. Okay. Grove. But it was fake. But what was there Arm. one originally that was that big? Maybe. Uh, Possibly. No. I want to hope. I hope. I want to hope that there was. We should look it up. I'd like to believe that. Yeah. I want an olive so big you can drive a car through it. Like that would just be amazing. There are trees that you can do that with. Yeah. In I, the I, redwoods. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go there. It was pretty amazing. Out. My friend didn't want to do it, but uh, I forced her. Drive to. through the tree. Yeah. Well, I don't see why we not. We did it. Yeah. You got to do it. Uh, you can't do it with a truck, though. We saw somebody get stuck. In the tree. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, your car is so big. Don't go through. That's the That's best not a good Instagram idea. photo ever right there. <laughs> like, my car is stuck a in a tree. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. It's a meme that's, waiting to happen. That's unbelievable. I love that. So... Uh, all right. Well, that is our episode. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can connect with you and, and find more information about what you're up to? Sure. So you can find me at Kashi Siegel, K-A-S-H-I-S-C-H-G-A-L, um, pretty much everywhere. And check out what we're doing at supernovasouth.org. And you can find all of our handles there. Supernova South is going to be amazing. I'm look, really looking forward we're to excited. it. 
Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker. You can also find my blog at AdamJWalker.com where I blog about leadership, uh, being a dad, and all kinds of other tech and, and random crazy stuff. Um, and then, of course, Tech Talk Y'all. Uh, make sure to promote the podcast if you like it. Totally. Like it on uh, Stitcher or iTunes or wherever else. Give us a rating or review. Tweet at us as well at mm-hmm. Tech Talk Y'all and let us know some things we can be talking about next time. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. See ya.